This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. Welcome, legendary listeners. Thanks for tuning in to From the Vault, a second look at some of our classic episodes. Look for a new episode every week. Now, can you go back and listen on your own at OurNewEnglandLegends.com? You bet. But you won't get the added bonus of an After the Legend segment featuring new commentary about that episode from your old pals Jeff and Ray. So let's open up the New England Legends Vault and revisit another legendary episode. Welcome to the Vault. Yes. Ray, have you ever gone to summer camp? Um, yeah, many times. Yeah, overnight and uh, weekly, yeah, monthly. Well, this is going to take us right back to those good old days. This originally aired January 18th, 2018. Fingernail Freddy. Enjoy. Oh, Jeff, there's nothing like a nice campfire on a dark night to get your imagination running. I agree, Ray, and placing our campfire here in the woods of Cumberland, Rhode Island, just off of Diamond Hill Road, is the perfect place to spin an old yarn that's been going around these parts for more than half a century. Oh, man, tell me there's some monster in these woods. He is kind of like a monster. These woods are home to a man they call Fingernail Freddy. Hi, I'm Jeff Belanger. And I'm Ray Osher, and welcome to the New England Legends Podcast. Okay, Fingernail Freddy? That sounds familiar. Now, I'm a child of the 80s, so I'm crying foul and saying this sounds more like Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. How sweet, fresh meat. Ray, I too am a child of the 80s and appreciate the cultural significance of Freddy Krueger and Wes Craven's horror masterpiece series as much as the next guy wearing, you know, parachute pants and sporting a mullet. But allow me to cry foul back on this one. All right, how so? Because Nightmare on Elm Street came out November 16th, 1984. And Fingernail Freddy of Cumberland, Rhode Island, he dates back at least to the 1950s. Now, are you suggesting Wes Craven may have lifted this one? Not exactly. All right, let's set this up. First, I want to thank my friend and folklorist, Dr. Michael Bell, author of Food for the Dead, it's a book about vampires in early New England, uh, for this lead. I first heard about it on his website. The story starts at Camp Karana in Cumberland. This camp was founded in 1937, right near the Diamond Hill Reservoir. It's a Catholic overnight summer camp, and many children over the years have gone through there, and lots of them were told the story of Fingernail Freddy. All right, hold on. Let me get a marshmallow going on this fire to make some s'mores, and you could tell me the story of Fingernail Freddy. Well, Fingernail Freddy is a recluse. He lives out in these woods because he doesn't want to be around people. He despises people, especially children. So a summer camp full of kids right in his backyard wouldn't have made him happy at all. No, he didn't like this camp one bit. They say he grew his fingernails out until they were like long razor claws. Camp counselors would sit around campfires, just like this one, and tell the kids they better be quiet at night or Fingernail Freddy was coming for them. All right, wait a minute. I'm sensing these counselors use the story of Fingernail Freddy to scare the kids into keeping quiet, right? I'm sure that's a huge part of the reason they told this story. They wanted to keep the kids quiet at night. But there's another version of a dangerous hermit in these very same woods, also told at Camp Karana. And they call this guy Hotshot Charlie. Hotshot Charlie? All right. Let me load up another marshmallow. 
Hotshot Charlie is an old homesteader who was said to live in a log cabin in this forest. He had a barn, a small farm, and lived here with his wife and children. He was pretty self-sufficient, so he kept to himself, but that doesn't mean kids didn't come by to mess with him. Well, what did they do? They'd open the animal pens, they'd let his cows out, they'd steal his crops or knock them over, and just generally vandalize his property. Until one day, Charlie had had enough. What did he do? They say Hotshot Charlie grew so tired of the vandalism that he took to loading his shotgun with rock salt. If he caught you trespassing, he'd unload his shotgun on you. The rock salt would pierce your skin and offer a salty burn. Ow! Well, it seems I've heard this story about some pissed-off farmer with a rock salt shooting shotgun before. I'm sure you have. I've heard it as well. All right, let's look into this part of the story a bit more, because the rock salt shooting farmer is so prevalent. Okay, what did you find? Well, first we know the idea of shooting rock salt from a shotgun goes back at least to the 1950s, and likely a few decades earlier than that. What happened in the 1950s? All right, there was a television series on ABC called The Rifleman, which first aired in 1958. It was a Western series that followed an old West rifleman named Lucas McCain, who was played by Chuck Connors, one of those 1950s actors with the jet black hair and the chin you could set your watch by. In one of those episodes, Lucas McCain loads his rifle with rock salt because apparently he didn't want to kill the guys he was shooting at, but just, you know, sting them real good. Those writers no doubt heard stories of their own back then about angry farmers and rock salt. But did anyone actually do it? I'm sure they did. So doing some more research, I came upon a blog on the Box O' Truth website, a website for gun enthusiasts, where the author, who goes by Old Painless, experimented with loading rock salt into shotgun shells to see their effect. (laughs) I love that. So what did he do? Well, he took some empty shotgun shells, the kind you would load yourself, and filled them with rock salt. He set up a cardboard outline of a torso 20 yards away, aimed his shotgun, and... Old Painless showed photographs of the cardboard that only had minor dents in a couple of places from the rock salt impact. So as he wrote, there's no way it would break the skin if that were a person. But he did say the report from the firing was as loud as normal. However, the gun gave almost no recoil. So if you were eating french fries or something, at that distance, he may have salted them for you. Right, right. Now, if only the next shot had ketchup. But Old Painless repeated the experiment at 10 yards. But this time, he placed a towel around the cardboard to simulate clothing. On the second firing, he saw a few deeper dents in the cardboard. But still, he doubts it would be enough to break the skin. So he tried again from 12 feet. This time, there was some breakthrough in the cardboard. At 12 feet, he figures it would hurt. Yeah, but 12 feet's pretty darn close, though. It is. And to be thorough, he tried one last time from 4 feet. Come on. At 4 feet, you're better off just swinging the thing like a club. At 4 feet, there was a pretty substantial hole in the cardboard. As Old Painless pointed out, it might not kill you, but we're talking a wound now. It seems to me if I'm 20 or 30 yards from a person who's angry at me for trespassing, then I hear a shotgun go off, then feel the spray of something hitting me. Even if that spray doesn't hurt, it's crystal clear someone on the other end of that gun means business, and I'd guess I'm going to hightail it out of there as fast as I can. It would serve the purpose of scaring for sure. Is that what Hotshot Charlie was trying to do here in Cumberland? That's what he was trying to do at first, but this legend turns dark. Oh, what happened? The story goes that the kids were getting tired of getting hit with burning rock salt, So they decided to get even. One day when Charlie was out in the barn, some kids approached his cabin and set it on fire. 
Charlie saw the smoke and flames and ran into the cabin to save his wife and children, but he was too late. In trying to rescue his family, Charlie was severely burned, and his face became permanently disfigured. He was so grotesque, he stopped going into town altogether and became a recluse living in these woods. If any kids came looking for him, Hotshot Charlie would murder them. They'd never be seen again. All right, this legend sounds like it was used by counselors to keep the kids from wandering off the camp property uh, where they weren't supposed to. I'm sure this legend served that purpose as well. But one former camper claims you can still see an old cellar hole just north of the camp, lending some physical evidence to this mystery person and legend. All right, so we got one guy horribly burned in an unjust criminal act, another with long, razor-like fingers. Combine them both... Jeff, it sounds like Wes Craven's Freddy Krueger. It does, but Wes Craven cites a different legend as the inspiration for his Nightmare on Elm Street villain. Back in the 1970s, otherwise young, healthy Asian men from Laos were seeking refuge in the United States, and some were dying in their sleep for unknown reasons. The medical community had no explanation, but they found enough cases to give it a name, or rather two names. The first was Asian Death Syndrome, the other was Sudden Unexpected Nocturnal Death Syndrome, or SUNS. What was happening to these folks who were dying? Well, as the medical community started looking at the numbers, they found 20 men, all from the Hmong community in Laos, were victims of this unexplained nocturnal death. They were relatively young, in good or excellent health, and died in their sleep. The doctors were baffled, but the Hmong folklore had an answer. Now, we learned in a previous episode when we discussed a vampire in Vermont that folklore often gives us an answer. Now, what was Hamong's answer? In the old country, they believed a creature called the Da Cho came to you in your dreams and attacked you. The way to keep him at bay was to make offerings to the spirits of your ancestors who would fight off the Da Cho for you. When the Hmong people came to America, they wanted to assimilate into American culture, so many of them stopped their old practices and offerings. Believers blame the Da Cho for these nocturnal deaths. So Wes Craven hears about this story, a creature that kills you in your dreams, maybe mixes in a few other elements from stories and legends he's heard, and we get the horror movie icon, Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger scares us because so many parts of his character sound familiar, like a song you've heard before. If you were a camper at Camp Karana in Cumberland, Rhode Island, Fingernail Freddy and Hotshot Charlie soaked into your DNA. So when you see even the slightest reminder of those nightmarish figures, you're suddenly a child again, sitting by the campfire and terrified of what monsters are lurking in those dark woods behind you. All right, I think it might be time to put this campfire out and go home. You can listen to this and all our past episodes for free on our website at OurNewEnglandLegends.com. We always post pictures and further links. And to see links to the old painless rock salt shotgun blog, just click on this episode, number 22, to find it. And you can also subscribe to our podcast for free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do us a favor and post a review. We appreciate you spreading the word about what we do. Until next time, remember, the bizarre is closer than you think. We hope you enjoyed that flashback episode. All right, we're going to get into it with After the Legend right after this break. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 
570-726-6200. Summer camp. Summer camp, uh, let's see, probably till I was 12, 13 years old. And then it was Boy Scouts for a couple of years. Sure. Overnight, some of them? Overnight, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the stories? Yeah, we had a story about the the guy with the missing hand or something. The hook? The, hook it, hand? It wasn't hook. It was um, a thud. It was he kept, Somebody kept hearing a thud. I can't remember the story. But it turned out that it was a house that was in the town next to where we were. Right. And it was somebody who lost his hand, and he was coming back for his hand. Oh. But it was not the hook. It was an old man and a woman. These stories change, though. Sure. Of course, yeah. And you, if you tell them right, the kids are petrified. Yeah, absolutely. We were, because it was right next door. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's got to be accessible. It's, it's local. It's close. It's dangerous. And it's meant to keep you in line. Yeah. Right? Like, stay in, or this monster, this person will come for you. Right. You know, in this case, Fingernail Freddy. In your case, the man with the missing hand. Yeah. Um, you know, camp, we're such an impressionable age. And you, you think about the, the world really does have monsters in it. And we're scared. We were told that as teenagers, too, with the hook for the hand. The, the two teenagers were parking, yeah. and they're making out, and they hear the scrape. Or she, he gets out of the car, and then she hears the scraping. And I think every parent gets better and better at telling that story. <laughs> I it, haven't needed to, say, uh, to tell it yet. Well, so. But it, the day will come where yeah, you're yeah. just like, they're just like, Dad, have you ever heard about the hook hand? And then you start going, oh, my kid's dating age. Yes. I've, let me tell you about <laughs> the hook hand. And it's absolutely true. It's, first of all, it's true. And you think it's like happened in, no, it's this town, our yeah. town, where we live. This is where it's from. In fact, I think there's three of them out there right now. <laughs> so, you know, the local asylum, there's there's three of them, three hook hands, yeah. just looking for a teenager's parking. And, and there's a uh, there's a, a ghost hitchhiker, so don't yeah. pick up hitchhikers. No, um, absolutely. We, we tell these stories to sometimes protect our kids, maybe overprotect them in right. some cases, but um, but that's part of it. And then I, I can just imagine at Camp Carana, you know, in, in Rhode Island when they tell the story, and, and the counselors hear the kids being loud. All you got to do is scrape something across the side of the the bunks, right? Yeah. Oh, he's coming. Oh, no. Shut up, everyone. Shut up. He's here. Yeah. Right? Fingernail Freddy. Uh, I love that. And we had the other legend as well with the uh, the shotgun. The uh, shotgun full of salt. Yeah. Yeah. So that I, I had forgotten how deep we dove into that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Where we looked it up and, and some we, we, we even shared the... Um, the the YouTube video where someone did the experiment. He took cardboard and, yeah, at at, at you know a good distance, it didn't even leave a dent. No, I mean, imagine if it hit you in the eye, it would hurt. But probably doesn't tickle. No, I would imagine. But it's the sound is supposed to scare you more than anything else. But right. I mean, if you're being shot at with a shotgun and you hear that sound, yeah, that's enough for me. You're running. Yeah, you I'm can like, have blanks in there. You're still going to run. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shotgun, angry person, bang, I'm out of here. Right. That's you run as fast as you can. And it's funny how both of these stories tied into a very popular movie. Uh, franchise, mm. which is Nightmare on Elm Street. I remember as a kid, uh, first of all, those are the most frightening movies ever. At the time, <laughs> I've watched them since, and they don't quite hold up as first much First one's as... still creepy, and then they, it kind of goes downhill from there. The premise is fantastic, yeah. right? It's th- Because every haunted house story ever, you're just like, why would you just leave the house? Just right. r- run away. What right. are you doing? Yeah. But you got to sleep. Right. You've got to sleep eventually. There was no running away from that. You can't. And Freddy's waiting for you there. It was a brilliant, brilliant uh, you know, premise for But maybe for not monster. an original premise no. for Wes Craven. Right. He may have heard these stories here. That's, yeah. Stories have a way of you know, mixing around and, and combining and so on. When I was young, I had a buddy who lived right across the street from a cemetery. Mm. And picture a cemetery full of headstones that are like traditional headstones, you know, like yeah. roundish stones. Yeah. But there was one right in the middle that was like an above-ground rectangular crypt. Mm. 
And he always said that's where he heard the witch lived. Oh. And if you knocked on it three times at midnight, the witch would jump out and get you. Yeah. And so we're having sleepovers, and it's like 11.45 at night, you know, and parents are asleep. No one would know. Right across the street, you see it in the moonlight. Yeah. You see the one rectangle right it's there calling in the to you. And we're just like, oh, let's, okay, so we sneak out of the house. Yeah. And we go across the street. Yeah. And we're watching our watches, 11.55, 11.56. Oh, and we get, I'm getting nervous. We get right up to the thing, right? And then it's, it's 11.59. The, the clock switches to midnight. Knock, knock, knock. Here's the thing, Ray. It's totally possible that the witch jumped out. Right. Might have happened. Right. We weren't there. Oh. We were so fast, like knock, 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 and boom. <laughs> like we were just sprinting full speed back for the house, ready to dive through the door. Yeah. She could have just jumped out and been like, hey, hey, and nothing. Right. We, we wouldn't know. She could have jumped out with candy. Yeah. You know, it could have been a celebratory thing. Could have been like, oh, thank you, finally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Here's yeah. puppies and candy. Right. Get in the van. We could go for a ride. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Um, could have been all kinds of wonderful things. We'll never know. No. And the witch might still be out there. Did you knock that fast? It was like knock, 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 and okay. we were gone. Because I think the whole knocking thing or the saying something in a mirror in a mirror is all about the anticipation. Well, right. Like we did Bloody Mary. We did. And we we actually did it. We we we, we, mirror, the, yeah. we turned the lights off. Yep. And we said it three times, but very slowly. Yeah. Because once you're halfway through that third one, yeah. you think something might happen. I remember getting goosebumps doing that episode. There's that one little piece of you that's oh, just like, yeah. what if it's your rational brain is like, come on, this is silly. But there's a little piece of you way down deep that's just like, what if? Yeah. And, you know, kids in summer camp, what if Fingernail Freddy really is out in those woods? What if Hotshot Charlie's out there? Right. So in this building that we're in now where the station is, is um, the lights go on at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I get here at 4.30-ish. So uh, we have emergency lights in the hallways, but the uh, bathroom lights won't go on. There's certain lights that no. won't go on. So what if I have to go to the restroom, I will not look at the mirror. I'm in the dark. And I... <laughs> I've got blinders on trying to get out of the bathroom as fast as I can. <laughs> Bloody Mary's like, remember, Ray? Remember when you summoned <laughs> right? me? Like six She's years waiting. ago? Yeah. And the worst thing is having my camera uh, light on. So there's shadows now. On your phone. And if I look in the mirror, I see like my face lit up. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, so uh, yeah, it affects me to this day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's how powerful a story is. It gets really down deep. And when you hear it as a kid at camp, you're with other campers, you're all collectively scared. It's super powerful, but mm. it's always based on something. Sure. And, um, yeah. And you know what, what's interesting about what we do? And sometimes I think we forget about this. We're always trying to figure out the reality of that legend Mm -hmm. when sometimes it's just a story. It's just a legend. It's fingernails, Freddie, which was made up by parents, obviously. Sure. So I, I I like the fact that we did that and we've done it on occasion, but I think sometimes we forget, let's just talk about the fun legends that aren't real. And we know they're not real. Bloody Mary, another one. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, so this came out in 2018 and okay, I'm sure there was a COVID break for Camp Karana, but I'm just saying, this podcast has been out in the world for a few years now. Yeah. I wonder if some of the campers have like, I listened to the New England Legends <laughs> podcast. You're not going to fool me with this one, right? Yeah. I wonder if it's if they've had to uh, create a new monster or yeah, find yeah. a new monster. I'm sure it's still in the back of their head. Even though, you know, these things aren't real, we know they're real. The, to an a extent. part of us, yeah. Well, because the, there, there are stories of kids that would trespass and get yelled at, maybe not at this camp, but at a different one. Yeah. and. It, you know, it gets propagated and told and retold, and then, you know, you come up with the perfect monster. And the counselors have an incentive to tell it well, because mm. they're just like, I don't want to be up all night chasing kids around. Well, you they know? also love scaring kids. I mean, 
who <laughs> right? who's called to that work, <laughs> that line of work, right? Who yeah. doesn't love to just petrify young children? Who's um, telling the story tonight? You know yeah. that they're they're all planning that. Like, what story are we doing? I've been working on it, right? All right, I need you to wait in the woods and come running out yeah. with the hook, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. I got my role. And when I say this, that's your cue. Got it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's theater for for sure. But sometimes it's, this theater is based on something. Yeah. And, uh, and and there are scary things in the woods, and there are monsters, and there are neighbors to camps that just don't like the kids. Don't get out of your bed, or the monster under your bed will get you. That's, yeah, that's a good one. I don't want to bring up Bill Cosby, but you ever hear his snakes, the Invisible Snakes bit? No. No, where he his parents would go off the night, leave him in his crib at like, I mean, four or five or six years old, and they don't get out of your bed, because there's snakes. They're invisible. And that, oh. that he did a whole bit on that. It was very funny at the time. He's I, not funny anymore. No, no, his his humor's been removed. Uh, but no, I get that. And and what's terrible is, as a parent, when you've got a young one that's always getting out of bed, and like, I want water, I want yeah. another story, and you're just, you're just so tired, you just want to sit down. I, I could imagine the temptation <laughs> to be like, you know about the monsters under your bed, right? Oh, and then we're scarring them for life. For life, <laughs> for life, right? You're just like, you're like, yeah, you better stay in bed because, you know, that hand's going to come out and grab yeah. your ankle as soon as you put it down. So 30 years later, your kid's going to invite you to therapy and yeah. you have to deal with that. I, I know. It's tempting. I didn't, I never did it. I never no, I did it. Do it tempting as it was to be yeah. like, oh, I know what would do it. Somehow the kids always thought there was a monster under the bed or in the closet. Yeah. They didn't hear it from us, but that's something I, that might be ingrained in children's DNA. Well, right. We have this this fear, this this unknown place. Did you do you know the original story of the Sandman? No, not the it, original story. German folklore. So we know about all the songs, right? Yeah. Mr. Sandman, bring sure. me a dream. Sprinkle stardust, and it's yeah. all wonderful dreams. The original German folklore uh, was that the Sandman would come at night and he would blast sand in the eyes, uh, moon dust, yeah. right in the eyes of children, and rip the the eyeballs out of their heads, take them back to the moon, and serve the eyeballs as food to his little hooked beak children that oh would just gosh. pick them clean. And so parents would tell their children, uh, German parents would tell their children the story of the Sandman, like, listen, go to bed, close your eyes, because the Sandman comes every night, mm. and if he catches you awake, he's going to blast moon dust in your eyes and knock your eyes out and take them back to feed his children. Now, if you keep your eyes shut and if you stay in bed, you'll be safe. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you wake up in the morning, feel the corners of your eyes. Oh, no. And if you feel any sand in there, oh, my God. it means the Sandman was here, and it's yeah. a darn good thing that you stayed asleep and weren't awake. That's horrible. What are the crusties? I mean, they're, they're proving the, the legend and everything. Wow. Cause and effect. Yeah. Absolutely monstrous, but I bet it worked. <laughs> Effective. <laughs> any, any parents out there, this is yours to use if you want. Uh, yeah. We can't be responsible for your therapy bills one day. But uh, but imagine you're a little kid and you wake up and you feel the corners of your eyes and you go, oh, Sandman was here. Was here. Yeah. Oh, God, it's true. It's all true. Now, I think the Sandman should have left a gift. I think the parents should have done something positive. Yeah. If he can't get into your eyes, he leaves a gift. I think the gift is your eyes. You keep them. <laughs> yeah, you're still alive and you can see. You, you can see for another day. Well done. But there's always tonight. You never know. I'm coming back every night. Uh, a note about the writing of this episode. I think it's the first and only time we swore. And not a big swear, oh. but we used uh, the, the the other word for being upset. Yes. And oh, wow, I was look surprised at us. when I heard it. I'm like, oh, oh that was crass. Not a swear. But right. crass. This family show. Look at I us. I was surprised. Getting not quite blue, but maybe light blue. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't know where, if we knew where we were going at that point. Yeah. Well, it was still pretty new. Well, yeah. Episode 22 originally. So that was fun. Not bad, not bad. Anyway, stay safe out there, all you kids, because whether you're going to bed at night or going to summer camp, there be monsters. 
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.